down to this southern town last summer To show the folks a brand new way of life But all you've shown the folks around here is trouble And you've only added misery to their strife Your concern is not to help the people And I'll say again, no, it's been often said Your concern is just to bring discomfort, my friend And your policy is just a little red Now ain't I right? Ain't I right? Ain't I right? It matters not to you how people suffer And should they you consider that a gain You bring a lot of trouble to the town and then you leave That's part of your communistic game I detect a little communism I can see it in the things you do Communism, socialism, call it what you like There's very little difference in the two Now ain't I right? Ain't I right? Your followers sometimes have been a bearded, bathless bunch There's even been a minister or two A priest, a nun, a rabbi, and an educated man Have listened and been taken in by you All the country's full of two-faced politicians Who encourage you with words that go like this Burn your draft card if you like, it's good to disagree That's a get acquainted communistic kiss Now ain't I right? Ain't I right? Ain't I right? One politician said it would be nice to send some blood And help the enemy in Vietnam That's what he says, here's what I say Let's just keep the blood Instead let's send that politician man Let's rid the country of the politicians Who coddle tramps and march out in our street Protesting those who want to fight for freedom, my friend This kind of leader makes our country weak Now ain't I right? Ain't I right? Ain't I right? Let's look and find the strong and able leaders It's time we found just how our neighbors stand If we're to win this war with communism Let's fight it here as well as Vietnam Let's rise as one and meet our obligations So communistic boots will never trod Across the fields of freedom that were given to us With the blessing of our great almighty God Across the fields of freedom that were given to us With the blessing of our great almighty God. This, this, hey, this, it's not this, my interest. This is of no. I am not here to instruct you. I am not here to uh, entertain you. I am not here to enlighten you. I am not here to suggest other modes of thinking. You see, uh, I have no. I have no illusion that you see this dialogue. Uh, is this going to be of any help to anybody? See, you know, nor is it. You see, an intellectual dialogue. Uh, we sit here and discuss whether the chair is still there in the room or not. Go out and discuss for hours and hours. You see, that, that, that has no meaning. When I was but a young man, I was wild and full of fire, a youth within my teens, but full of challenge and desire. 
I ran away from home and left my mother and my dad. I know it grieved them so to think their only boy was bad. I fell in with an outlaw band, their names were known quite well. How many times we robbed and plundered, I could never tell. This kind of sinful living leads only to a fall. I learned that much and more the night I heard my master call. One night we rustled cattle, a thousand head or so, and started them out on the trail that leads to Mexico. But a norther started blowing, and lightning flashed about. I thought someone was calling me, I thought I heard a shout. Then at that moment, lightning struck not twenty yards from me. And left there was a giant cross where once there was a tree. And this time I knew I heard a voice, a voice so sweet and strange. A voice that came from everywhere, a voice that called my name. So frightened I was thinking of sinful deeds I'd done. I failed to see the thousand head of cattle start to run. The cattle they stampeded were running all around. My pony ran but stumbled and it threw me to the ground. I felt the end was near, that death would be the price. When a mighty bowl of lightning showed the face of Jesus Christ, and I cried, "Oh Lord, forgive me! Don't let it happen now. I want to live for You alone, oh God." These words I vow. My wicked past unfolded. I thought of wasted years. When another bowl of lightning killed a hundred head of steers, and the others rushed on by me. And I was left to live. The master had a reason. Life is his to take or give. A miracle performed that night. I wasn't meant to die. The dead ones formed a barricade, at least six or seven high. Right behind it, there was I, afraid but safe and sound. I cried and begged for mercy, kneeling there upon the ground. A pardon I was granted. My sinful soul set free. No more to fear the angry waves upon life's stormy sea. Forgiven by the love of God, a love that will remain. I gave my life and soul the night the Savior called my name. That's a good decision, if I've ever heard one. Good decision there, Marty Robbins. Two Marty Robbins songs. The first one was Ain't I Right? And I would call that a righteous anti-communist hymn. I played a different version of that a while back by a guy called Johnny Freedom, who I'm not sure who that is. Maybe we, we are all Johnny Freedom. Maybe right now I am Johnny Freedom. Maybe it's one of those names that you just take on. When it's your time to fight for freedom. But yeah, I don't know if Johnny Freedom, obviously a pseudonym, but I'm not sure who it was for. But that Marty Robbins version, which is more well known, is a little warmer. I like the Johnny Freedom version because it's a little more stark. And it was the first version I heard, actually, even though the Marty one is naturally more well known, coming from Marty Robbins. But yeah, that Marty version, I mean, they're equal. Why, Why make two raw, powerful, anti-communist hymns compete with one another. 
when they're both so damn good. It's a good time for it, too. It's a good time for a, a song with that kind of message. At least to me. Because, you know, we don't blow in the wind here. Here I am getting dramatic, but it's the truth. You know, I'm all about learning, changing, listening, evolving, giving in, letting go when the time is right to do that. But I don't believe in blowing in the wind. You know, I, and I admire the wind. It's nothing to do with, I have no problem with the wind. I mean, there's nothing cooler to me than the fact that clear air moves and you feel it, but you can never see it. You can look out a window and say, hey, it's windy. Hey, it's windy. But you never see it. The wind is one of the most occult things that we actually acknowledge on a day-to-day basis. It is truly hidden, yet we see its effects everywhere. So, uh, you know, if you're going to admire the wind, if you're going to feel it, if you're going to feel that clear air that's sometimes cold, sometimes warm, but if you're going to feel that clear air moving all around you, that's great. But when it comes to the metaphor of blowing in the wind, when that wind is being produced by someone else's mouth, when they're blowing hot air at you, trying to get you to budge, we don't move for that. Every night's a school night certainly doesn't. And that ain't I right tune, ain't I right, I think so, I think so, and it's just me, I don't expect anybody else, I'm not going to blow my own hot air, I I certainly blow plenty of hot air, but I'm not going to blow it into anybody else's ear, unless you're hot, unless you're a hot girl, then I'll blow hot air into your ear. Speaking of hot girls... You know, masks are now 100% mandatory in Washington State, and I'm sure that I'm repeating myself, but I couldn't care less about the health benefits of masks. It's nice. I think it's great that masks prevent the spreading of the coronavirus. I think that's great. However, I'm a mask, in the same way that I'm a manifesto-oriented person, I'm also a mask-oriented person. And you don't have to give me some list of moral or ethical reasons to wear a mask. You tell me you can wear a mask in public now. Not, not just you can, but you have to. And I'm like, great. I've always loved characters who wore masks. Like, looking back at G.I. Joe, I remember there was the character Beachhead. And there was nothing particularly cool about him. But he wore a ski mask. And one of the cool ski masks. I've never liked the ski masks that have like the circle open mouth. What do you need that for? So people can hear you? So you can breathe better? If you're wearing a ski mask, you know, you shouldn't be so weak that you need a hole cut out where your mouth goes. I mean, what goes in there? What goes in there? You know? Um... But, uh, you know, so a ski mask where the mouth is completely covered, I've always been a fan of that. And I've been a fan of characters who wear those sorts of masks. Ninja masks, too. You know, I always liked the ninja characters in G.I. Joe, Storm Shadow. Snake Eyes was a little weird. He went a little bit heavy on the mask front. I don't, you couldn't even see his eyes, if I remember right. But I've always been a fan of those sorts of masks. Masks that cover just the lower part of your face. So, yeah, it's great that there's an ethical, moral, biological health reason for us to wear masks. But to me, that's just bonus. You know, I'm, that's just a bonus on top of the fact that I love masks and the fact that I can walk into any establishment now. And it's not only totally accepted, but 
legally mandated that I wear one. That's beautiful. The age of masks. I was just, I was born at the right time, I guess. And another thing, I was talking to my buddy Nick last night, and we were talking about women right now wearing masks and how it's just, it's made their eyes stand out and it's so much more beautiful. Who knew that we were, who knew, you know, it, it's like that inner, it's like the, that inner fundamentalist Muslim in me has come out. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of like the fact that women cover part of their faces and their eyes look, it's made their eyes that much more attractive. And it's not like I'm on the prowl, you know, I'm still a, a virgin alien monk here. I'm still reclaiming my virginity day by day, month by month. Uh, so I'm not on the prowl here, but I, I have to say, you know, we were talking about it last night. And I have to say that I, I'm I'm feeling extremely attracted by women's eyes as a result of them wearing masks. So that's just a bonus on top of me getting to wear a mask and enjoying that. Uh, it's made women's eyes the 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 prize of a man's eye. A prize of a man's eye. I was supposed to sound really poetic, but I was just winging it. But um, and uh, so that was Marty Robbins' "Ain't I Right." I mean, that song speaks for itself. I feel like I don't need to say too much more uh, else about it. But that was followed up by another Marty Robbins song. Obviously, "The Master's Call," a powerful spiritual song that I, I listen to pretty regularly. The Master's Call is one that I listen to pretty regularly. And who's the master? Well, we all know who that is. We all know what that is. And in that song, Marty submits himself to that. To that God. There, I said it. I said that word. And I'm drinking a Bang Energy drink. I got my stimulus check a couple days ago. It took a long time, but it came at the perfect time. I have some house repairs because I guess I'm a homeowner now. You know, my mom passed away. I'm living in her house. I'm the executor. I haven't transferred the deed. I haven't done the deed. But this house is my responsibility. All of a sudden, and there's repairs, maintenance that has to be done. And, you know, I'm not to tell a sob story, but, you know, I, I do have some financial worries right now, so that stimulus check came at the perfect time, and in addition to bills that need to be paid and maintenance that needs to be done, I got myself a steak and a Bang Energy drink as a little celebration. But, uh, you know, right now, it's the time to strengthen your ties. It's the time to strengthen your bonds to the people you care about and love. And you want to do it naturally. You know, you don't want to force it. You don't want to smother people. But you can start by appreciating those people who have made it this far with you, who are still on the journey with you. Because some people drop off. Some people come and go. You know, it's easy enough to meet somebody, but it's easy enough for them just to get out of your life too. And not, not because of any conflict or animosity. It's just sometimes our... The people we know are easy come, easy go. It just happens that way, and that's sort of the beauty of being a person, too. You know, you swim past people, you, you hang around people in the, the deep end of the pool sometimes, and then you, you waddle up to the shallows, but sometimes people come and go. But right now, I'm just, certain people are just, uh, I'm very appreciative of the people who are part of this thing. 
that they've continued to include me. I mean, last night I talked on the phone for six and a half hours, about almost six and a half hours to two different friends. I was up till five in the morning talking to my childhood best friend, my brother. And, you know, it's, it's not even my own, it's not even a personal record. I've talked to Miles on the phone for seven hours straight before. I'm not even joking. And that's seven, and that's not even counting all of the six hour, five hour, four hour conversations we've had. I feel like being able to talk on the phone to me is the truest sign of friendship, of brotherhood. And not everybody's good at it. Not everybody likes to do it. Not everybody has the time. But to me, phones are are the best way to communicate. I like email. I'll, I'll send text messages. But to me, there's just something about a phone call. And especially when you're a kid, you got to work yourself up to call a girl or sometimes a girl calls you. And it's not like I got many phone calls from girls, but when I did, it was magical. It was this thrill. One time when I was in, I must have been sixth grade, these two girls were doing a survey. And they called every boy in the grade and did a survey. And they, they named off the name of pretty much every girl, maybe not every girl, but the name of all these girls, and they were asking the boys who you had a crush on. And I actually did have a crush on one of the girls who was on the phone. One of the girls, one of the two girls who made this call. They were actually both very attractive, at least as far as my sixth grade eyes were concerned. Here we are back to eyes. They both had very pretty eyes. They both had very pretty eyes. I wonder what they'd look like in a mask. I'm talking through my sixth grade self here. But, uh, you know, I did have kind of crushes on them, but I didn't admit it. But just getting that phone call, I was just, it was so exciting. My mom called. She was like, hey, Eric, there's a call from, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so. And And it's just like, what? These girls are calling me? And and then they asked me, and it was just exciting. They're going through the names of every girl. And I think I answered no to every single one. Because the thing is, if I had admitted that I had a crush on any girl that they named, including themselves... I might have died. That's the thing that happens. If you admit to having romantic inclination toward a girl and it's, it's not reciprocated, you die. <laughs> you actually just you drop dead on the spot. That's why everyone's so afraid of it. That's why everyone's so afraid of it is that you die if, you, if your love or if your crush is not reciprocated. It's, you know, it's kind of a cover-up. It's a conspiracy. The government covers it up. All sorts of 12-year-old boys, all sorts of boys going through puberty die every year, and the government doesn't tell you. And what did they die of? Unreciprocated romance. Although there is some truth to that. I mean, how many suicides, how many acts of self-destruction do come through romantic frustration? But that's another topic for another time. Uh, but uh, we're going to play a song here, and it, we're going to get Jungian, and it's My Shadow and Me. Good name for a song, My Shadow and Me, and it's by the Chaperones, and there's something almost poetic about that. The Chaperones with My Shadow and Me, the shadow of a chaperone. I can't help but think of Carl Jung. I can't help but think of the Jungian shadow, not that he was the first to to think about that dark side that we all have, but Carl Jung managed to break it down 
at least in modern terms, better, better than just about anybody. But these guys do a great job, too. These guys certainly know their own shadow, and they know how to sing about it. The Chaperones, My Shadow and Me. And here's another question which quotes the, the words of Jesus. No, I beg your pardon, which words from the epistles of Paul. Do not suppose that a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, will receive anything, I think, from the Lord. How about that? obviously still got some work to do listening to that song and the content of that song the guy he obviously still has some work to do but the first step is acknowledging your shadow first step is always acknowledging it whoever that head chaperone is there's always a head chaperone not all chaperones are on an equal playing field and in that case there was a lead vocalist the head chaperone as i would call him and uh, you know he's still got work to do as we all do. Acknowledge, acknowledge your shadow and then work it out. But we're going to keep going with beautiful music here. And this next song is going to be by the Canucks with Red Lewis. The Canucks featuring Red Lu- Lewis as the head chaperone. 
the lead vocalist. And this song is called Never Before. And it's one of those that just gives me a sensation. Beyond enjoying the song, beyond finding the music beautiful, this one actually gives my whole body kind of an adrenaline kick. Kind of like the Bang Energy drink that I just finished. Except this is natural. This is all natural. A natural bang. This song gives me a natural bang. Never before. Never before have I experienced such a natural bang. Here we are with the Canucks featuring Red Lewis. song is the guitar interaction there's that little guitar interaction that goes along with the vocals and it's just it's such a small detail it's so simple but it's not something that you hear a lot as someone who's listened to you know god knows how many hours how many years worth of this style of music it's funny how just some of the subtlest little things can do a lot and make something unique. You know, sometimes people try to overproduce a song or they add in layer upon layer and track upon track. Or they try to make something explosive or they try to add this virtuosity in the performance. When sometimes just subtle and simple has the best result. And speaking of subtle and simple, 
we got a duo here, Denver Duke and Jeffrey Knoll, veterans of Every Night's a School Night. They've been played before, and uh, as I or as I call them, Mr. Subtle and Mr. Simple. That's what I call them as of right now. As of right now, Denver Duke and Jeffrey Knoll, N-U-L-L. Just love that name for a duo, for a country duo, and... I don't know. I still don't know who the performer, who the vocal performer is. I imagine it's Denver Duke. It sounds more like a guy named Denver Duke, but it's one of my favorite vocal styles. It's almost cartoony, but it affects me. It sincerely affects me when I hear it. Because who says a cartoony voice can't affect you, can't have an emotion on you, can't have an emotional effect on you? I've never heard that rule, and I, I'm not going to follow it. I'm not going to follow that theoretical rule out there that says, if it sounds like a cartoon, you can't be emotionally affected by it. So we don't follow that rule here. Even cartoons can touch our heart. Although I don't believe this man is a cartoon, and it's not joke music. It just is what it is. It sounds like a guy named Denver Duke. And... The first song is proof of the sincerity of this. And the first song is called, Dear Lord, Let Me Die. Does it, I mean, that's not even subtle. Here I was calling them Mr. Simple and Mr. Subtle. That's not even subtle. Dear Lord, Let Me Die. It's simple, but it's straight. And Dear Lord, Let Me Die is going to be followed up with, I'll Say I Do. And I'll Say I Do will be followed up with Tears in the Wind. And here we were just talking about wind a second ago. What, what's the, it's the coincidence? What a coincidence. We were just talking about wind. We were just talking about the beautiful, clear air that moves and moves things. And apparently it moves tears as well. The wind can move tears. It can move you to tears, and it can also physically move your tears. Sometimes you might think it's raining. It might be a windy day, you're outside, and suddenly you think it's raining because you feel a drop or two on your face. You never know. It might actually be someone's tears being blown downwind. And that shouldn't be gross. You should appreciate it. You shouldn't consider someone else's tears a gross thing. It's not someone's spit. It's not someone's snot. It's something much more valuable. It's almost like a crystal or a jewel that the human body produces, a tear, a precious tear, moved by the wind. So here we are with Denver Duke and Jeffrey Knoll with a block. As I walk down the street Ja 
to tramp on the street If there be a God Oh, hear my sad cry Look down, have mercy Dear Lord, let me stars in my eyes I'm walking on there do you realize you want to know something I know is troubling you do I love you baby doll well honey I'll say I do do I love you I'll say I do by stars above you know it's true come on baby kiss me and give my hand a squeeze run your fingers through my hands I'm sagging at the knee do I feel funny I'll say I do and you know honey it's over you around my neck you put a halter Let's go strutting to the altar. Do I love you? I'll say I do. Come on, baby, kiss me and give my hand a squeeze. Run your fingers through my hair. I'm sagging at the knee. Do I feel funny? I'll say I do. And you know, honey. It's over you Around my neck you put a halter Let's go strutting to the altar Do I love you? I'll say I do Do I love you? I'll say I do The world is altogether so different from what it was when I was young that it's an extraordinarily difficult thing for an old man to live in such a world. Mm -hmm. 
tears in the wind Because you're not true Those tears I've shed Because I love you Please open your heart And let me come in Please take away from the wind Should summer pass by and leaves turn gold I'll pray for your love to heaven to hold If I'm Because you're not true Those tears I shed Because I love you Please open your heart And let me come in Please take away My tears from the Feel that wetness on your face? Well, it's somebody's tears. There's always somebody's tears in the wind. Always. Whether you detect it or not. And we're going to do a creep hymn here. One of this show's specialties is we like to highlight creep hymns. And there's so many of them. Even ones that aren't intended to be creepy. Of course, some of them are. Of course, there are some songs that are downright predatory. But there's also sums that are sums, some that are just subtle, simple and subtle creep hymns. Maybe that's a theme today, simple and subtle. This one's not terribly subtle. And one of the creep hymns that was particularly common in the 1950s and 60s, I feel like a narrator. It's my duty to discuss. It's, you know, I'm, I'm the ultimate curator of the creep hymn. But, uh, you know, one of the, the common themes also is a guy, a jilted lover who goes to his girlfriend's house or maybe sometimes just randomly sees her out and about in another guy's car. But this is a house song. This is a house song creep hymn, and it's called In Front of Her House. Which alone, that just sort of speaks for itself, doesn't it? But it is one where she, or where he sees her in another guy's car. It's got to be the worst feeling in the world. And now people see that online. Some people are masochists too. There's a lot of masochism to creep hymns. There's a lot of overlap between masochism and creepiness. Because people torture themselves. They just want to see. And sometimes they don't even intend it. Like this song, if I remember right, he doesn't even intend to see her with another guy. He's just going to her house, but he happens to see her in another man's car. 
Another Man's Car. And this song, it would be considered in the genre Northern Soul, which I'm not a huge fan of. I'm not a fan of soul music. I'm not a fan of R&B. It just doesn't speak to me. That said, I love the genre name. I love just getting away from how it actually sounds. I love the name of the genre, Northern Soul. And if I'm right, you know, and I'm not an expert in that at all. As someone who's not even really a fan of that genre, I want to be, but I'm just really not. My understanding is that it's basically white soul music. That might not be a perfect description, but I think that's it. Northern. Northern soul. I mean, that also describes me. When you get away from the genre and you just start talking about people, I would consider myself a northern soul, even though I'm not a fan of the musical genre, northern soul. That said, I think this song is worth playing. It's bouncy. It's not something that I typically play on here. Maybe to somebody who doesn't pay attention to the same details I pay attention to will we'll think, oh, this sounds like everything else you play. It sounds like everything else you play from that era. It doesn't, though. It's different. And I think it's nice to get different sometimes. It's nice to have a song that's a little bit different, even if it is Northern Soul. It's at least coming on the recommendation of a Northern Soul, which is me. And the artist is named Larry Hale. H-A-L-E. Larry Hale. It's from 1964. In front of her house where so many creep hymns take place. Souls, which we all experience, are sometimes blocked from the light, or afraid of the light, or trying to find a shortcut through the light, or whatever, or just misunderstanding, you know? I thought that was my girlfriend, boyfriend in that car with that other person, and it wasn't even. I just completely misread it, but but now I'm mad, and every time I see that car, every time I see her or him, you know, I get... We've all been there. I can get upset when my Chrome browser doesn't, you know, I don't know why I get triggered, but I get triggered, right? So all this shit is blocking me. And sometimes what I do with those blockages, I get them out, and sometimes I get them out in kind of an evil way. But here's the kicker, and here's the part that draws us back into your world. in front. 
Yeah, listening back to that just now, I'm not even sure he goes to her house. He's just fantasizing about what's going on between her with, as he says, her hair messed up. So we know that something's going on. No, something's going on. But uh, we don't even know uh, if he I, I couldn't really tell if he actually goes to the house or not. But he's fantasizing about it and he's saying he doesn't want to go. But his mind is just there. It's one of those things that, you know, our mind just goes there. You don't have control of your mind, and even if you do, even if you practice, even if you meditate, even if you put the work in, there's still just something built into us. We can easily torture ourselves. We can easily become masochists, you know, of our own design. But is it of our own design, or is it just something built into us? What is that? What's the evolutionary, what's the evolutionary benefit of fantasizing about your ex-girlfriend with a new man? Maybe to motivate you, get you get your ass in gear, help you move your life along. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe realizing, hey, guess what? I shouldn't think about this, and I should do things to empower myself. Or maybe I should write a song about it, which is what Larry Hale did. I don't know that he's the songwriter, but uh, he was certainly the singer, certainly the singer of that creep hymn, that jealousy tune. A nice jealousy tune. Oh, your son's a singer? What does he sing about? Jealousy. Oh, my son my son has a hit song. It's Northern Soul, and it's, he sings about his ex-girlfriend making out with a guy in, in her new boyfriend's car and how he's, he just can't stop thinking about it. Oh, your son. <laughs> I'm sorry about your son. <laughs> oh, that's kind of weird. You know, imagine that. Imagine, you know, your your family's like, oh, our son's a singer. Our son's a singer. And then they hear the song, and it's that. And it could be much worse. There's, there are much worse songs than that. Which is why you should keep all of your art and music away from your family. Never expose your family to your silly little art, to your silly little tunes, to your jealousy tunes and creep hymns. Keep your family safe from that part of your brain. That's my advice. But we're going to be moving on here, and we're going to be playing a couple songs here by, by a guy named Dickie. If my name was Richard, I would go by Dickie. Not Dick. Dickie. I like Dickie more than Dick. That's a great statement to take out of context. Jesus. I like Dickie more than Dick. Uh, but I, I would go by Dickie if my name was Richard. But this here, Dickie and the Debonairs. Great name. Dickie and the Debonairs. I like the alliteration. And the first song here is called Please Mr. Disc Jockey. And it's a great one. It's a sad one, but a great one. Sad, but great. And it's going to be followed up with Yo-Yo Girl. Both these songs are just great. Can't think of a better word than great to describe something great. Why invent a new word? Why go look at the thesaurus? The, th- the, th- the, th- the thesaurus. It's hard for me to even say that. I'm stuttering. Thesaurus. Thesaurus. We're not talking about dinosaurs here. Nobody's ever made that joke before either. Nobody's ever made a, a joke about a, a thesaurus being a dinosaur. To be honest, I've never seen that joke. I just know it's been made. Does that mean I'm psychic? I don't know. Some jokes are just so obvious that you just know they've been made. 
But please, Mr. Disc Jockey is going to be the first one here from Dickie and the Debonairs, followed by Yo-Yo Girl. This should get your energy up after that jealousy tune from Larry Hale. This should level you right back out, especially Yo-Yo Girl. It's a fun one. Take your love and go away 
say, don't you think I know you just yo-yo, uh-huh. Oh, yo-yo, girl. I'd like to find a girl that's true, but now while I'm with you, oh, you're running in a great big world. You're mixed up, yo-yo, girl. yo-yo girl living in a yo-yo world because isn't that the truth we're in a yo-yo world i like that line in the previous song though in uh, please mr disc jockey when he says because my future isn't too bright very honest i like that kind of honesty my future isn't too bright that's how people feel when they're heartbroken though when they are pleading with mr disc jockey which which disc jockey is he talking to? Rush Limbaugh. DJ Rush Limbaugh. That's me. You know, before I started Every Night to School Night, what I said, and this is no joke, but what I said is I wanted this show to be Wolfman Jack meets Rush Limbaugh. I, I mean it. I actually said that. Whether I meant it is another question, but I feel like I've reached that goal. I feel like if I wasn't there before, I'm certainly there now. Wolfman Jack meets Rush Limbaugh. I'm Jack Limbaugh. I'm Wolfman Rush. It's just who I am, guys. You know, you can either accept it, you know, and listen, or turn your head the other way. But I'm Wolfman Jack meets Rush Limbaugh. Which is a dangerous thing to be right now. It's it's my own. That's how I become a victim. That's how I self-victimize. The world's out to get me because I'm Wolfman Jack meets Rush Limbaugh. But uh, you know, and if if that's who I am, my I guess my future isn't too bright either, huh? But you know, I'm you know I still am paying a lot of attention to current events. I don't feel like there's much of a choice right now. I feel like now's the time to do that. Uh, but I, I'm very privileged. I got to admit my own privilege here. And uh, two times in my adult life, this is the pri- this is why I am privileged. This is how I am privileged. Two times now in my adult life, in the last probably seven years, two completely different people have given me access to their WWE network accounts. My friend Pat just a couple nights ago gave me his login info to his WWE network account. And Pat, I'm sorry for for letting you know. I don't think WWE is going to hear this. This is me expressing gratitude. Because it's the perfect distraction right now. And is it really a distraction? You know, I, I take pro wrestling pretty seriously. The whole phenomenon of it. Not necessarily the matches, not necessarily the storylines, the whole thing. It's as serious as anything else... You know, if, if, if everything else gets called, you know, all these other things, oh, we should be, we should care about this, care about that. You know, pro wrestling is just as serious as all of these other things that we invest ourselves into. 
And I was watching Starcade 1995, WCW Starcade, and the opening match was Chris Benoit against Justin Liger. And I was told that Chris Benoit doesn't come up in search. He's, his matches are still included, but I guess Chris Benoit is an earlier example of uh, cancel culture. It turns out, you know, if you kill your family and then yourself, you're not going to turn up in WWE Network's internal search engine. Canceled. But his matches are still there. And I, you know, I'm not making light of that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's funny how we do that. It's funny. Like, what difference does that even make? The fact that this guy ended his life in an extremely horrific way and killed his son and wife, which is speaks for itself. It's horror. It's an ancient horror, too. That's not new. It's something that men have done before, and they will do again, and that's terrible to think about, but it's the truth. Uh, it's an ancient horror, an ancient terror. Uh, is that sort of a murder suicide scenario but uh, I don't know I don't know what removing him from the search engine does cuz I was a big fan of Chris Benoit when he was alive when he was a wrestler he had no charisma but he was extremely entertaining to watch I always found his matches captivating going back to his WCW days which is how I was introduced to him but it is weird to watch him it's weird to watch that guy and it is this sort of true crime retrospective where you can't forget about that but it is sort of interesting these these hoops that we try to go through and we're seeing that right now with the so-called cancellations firings people getting nitpicked for every little thing they've ever done that doesn't correspond to the current motion the current momentum a lot of people feel like their future isn't too bright in the face of that. But, uh, you know, it's nice to have access to WWE Network. It is, though. It's because, like, I'm feeling like a lot of the places that I normally go to distract myself from current events or to balance my life out, I'm feeling like those have been consumed by current events as well. So I think one of the reasons why I am paying attention to current events so much is because they're all consuming. And they're important, and it's important to think critically, and it's important to have a balanced perspective on them. As I said recently, trust everyone, because if you trust everyone, unlike the X-Files, the X-Files got it wrong, the X-Files with their whole trust no one thing, you'll get nothing out of that. You'll, you'll watch your own back, and you'll be paranoid, but trusting no one will get you nothing. Trust everyone, and all of the bullshit, all of the conflict will cancel it itself out. And the cream will rise to the top, as, as Macho Man Randy Savage said. There's that famous Macho Man interview, which I probably sampled on here a long time ago, but where he says he's pulling out all those little milk creamers. He's doing sort of a sleight-of-hand magic trick with the announcer, with the interviewer, and he's pulling these little milk creamers out, and they just keep coming. And then he throws them, and then he pulls another little milk creamer out, and he's saying the cream rises to the top. And that's sort of what happens when you trust everyone. Because you don't lose anything by trusting everyone. You trust everyone. You trust that everyone thinks they are telling the truth. It doesn't mean they're telling the truth. And I was talking to my friend Nick last night more about the idea of 
you don't always have to speak your truth. It's great when you do, when you sincerely feel that something is true and you can support it. But the truth doesn't go away just because you don't say anything. And that's always a dilemma, whether or not to acknowledge it, to point it out, to argue it. But that doesn't mean the truth disappears. Even if everybody else is caught up in a lie and they have censored you, canceled you, whatever the buzzword is, the truth doesn't just go away. The truth doesn't just disappear. That's the beauty of the truth, the big truth, the capital T truth. Sort of like with Chris Benoit, where it doesn't, you know, you can hide him in the search engine, but it doesn't change the fact that he's Chris Benoit and he did what he did. You really can't hide from it. And it's a, it's a weird world. It's a very strange, weird world. And we have to navigate all of these different things that are conflicting. And our own views on these things can be conflicting. And that's okay, because it's through that conflict that the bullshit cancels itself out. The bullshit that's on one end or the other will cancel itself out and the cream will rise to the top. And that's my own opinion. That's my own truth. We'll see. We will see, as we have always seen. But I think it's fitting right now that I close this episode out with a, an instrumental. No words. Because we need to savor that. We need to really just enjoy those moments where there are no words, no ideas, no arguments, no fights, no opinions, no truths, no lies. Not that you should completely avoid those things, but enjoy the silence where you can find it and when you can find it. And again, I want to say again, strengthen your bonds with the people you care about and love, no matter what they believe. Look at the bigger picture of your relationships. Look at your family. You don't have to agree with everything they do, but think about what you have in common. As long as they're not a nightmare, as long as your family isn't a total nightmare, as long as they haven't done horrible things to you, just take a look at them. Those are your people. Look at the friends of yours who have been around and stuck around and all that you've been through. Think about what random people who have just kind of been part of your life even. They don't even have to be your best friends. Look at the people who have just kind of been around and the the things that they have brought to you and that you may have brought to them. Because people are destroying each other right now. They're trying and succeeding in some cases at destroying one another. The floodgates are open. And a lot of people don't have the restraint. They're not well balanced. And when the floodgates open and the memo goes out that, hey, you can destroy people right now. You see, they're destroying people. I can do it too. I can join in. I can destroy someone too. Because I hate myself. And people who hate themselves, they love to destroy other people. They love to lash out. But it's easy to defend yourself against those people by not even engaging them, not even playing their game. And they might come for you. They might. They might come looking for you. We, we see people doing it right now. We see university professors being fired because someone decided to go through every Twitter post they've ever liked and something that was just mildly different from the current movement's new belief system gets flagged. 
People will look for people. People are always looking for people. And when the memo goes out that now's the time when you can destroy people, you've been waiting. You've been waiting. And in that case, maybe you should defend yourself. You shouldn't apologize. Unless you've done something wrong to somebody personally, you should never apologize. You should never torture yourself. You should never walk around being a a walking, breathing disclaimer. That's no way to live. And you'll feel it inside. You'll feel there will be repercussions inside of your body, within your soul, when you do that, when you apologize for things that you haven't done. Or when you're walking around giving disclaimers. You don't want to be a walking piece of fine print. And I struggle with that. Sometimes I have a tendency to give disclaimers or to try to justify statements I make. Even ones that I just throw out there for fun. Jokes. Even I feel the pressure to do that, even though I'm not really someone who gives a shit. So I wonder how other people feel. You know, I wonder, I I worry about the people whose guts feel all tied up into knots right now. You know, you should uh, appreciate the people in your life, though, and don't try to find your differences with them, because they exist. There are cracks. There's separation. There's distinction. But at the same time, you should look at the bigger picture of who is in your life, why they're in your life, And what a goddamn miracle it is. And it's not goddamned at all. What a God-blessed miracle it is. But yeah, I think it's best to... I've said enough. I've said my share for this episode. I think the next episode might be a... Another non-traditional summer episode. A year ago, last July, I did a a non-traditional Every Night to School Night episode where I played music from different genres. Wasn't entirely thrilled with the playlist I came up with. It was just kind of, I I was winging it. It wasn't very well planned. And it's very difficult, too, because I have a hard enough time with the, the sound levels on this show. Not just my own voice with its peaks and valleys, but also, you know, songs that come from different sources, formats, eras. And then when I do one of those non-traditional episodes where there's songs from all different decades, all different production values, it can be very difficult to keep the levels consistent. And I know with that last summer episode I did, that last July, that there were some songs that were just booming and bassy and loud, and then there were others that were quiet and... I don't know. It's just this show is going to be kind of raw and uneven, so ride that volume dial. If things don't sound good, ride that volume dial. Make it an interactive experience. Hell, ride that volume dial all the way down to zero. Ride that volume dial all the way down to zero if you don't like what you're hearing. Hit the stop button. But yeah, I do. I am self-conscious of that. I am self-conscious of levels and sound quality. And, you know, we're not entirely pro. We're not entirely professional. But, yeah, I am planning on doing another one of those episodes either way. Whether it's an absolute mess or not. And what's not a mess? You, your intuition, your, your sense of right and wrong, if you rest on it and have patience, that's not a mess. You can clean up any mess that's thrown your way. That's just the truth. 
And you can especially do it if you strengthen your ties to the people that you trust and you care about. And people might wonder why I keep saying that. It's because I'm seeing so much division, not just between people, you know, from entirely different backgrounds who don't know each other. I mean, there's always going to be a certain amount of division there, but I'm seeing it where people are distancing themselves from family members and old friends, and nobody's done that to me yet. I haven't been confronted by anybody, but I'm seeing people who, during a very difficult time, should be you know, they, they should they should have each other's backs because that's what it comes down to. You have each other's backs. And how do you have each other's backs? People always use that phrase, oh, I have your back. Well, the best way to have your back is just to see the human in other people, especially the people in your life, and not define yourself in relation to those people. Define yourself in relation to you. Go through that process of individuation. Get Jungian if you have to. But you don't have to. You can find your own way. You can find your own way of dealing with your own shadow and recognizing that your shadow is you also. But it's not the whole of you. And if you unify with your shadow, well, you'll be able to control it. Or you'll at the very least know what it is. You'll know how it responds to your own actions. Because that's what it is. Your shadow doesn't act totally independent of you. And if you get the hang for that, well, you'll have a lot easier time dealing with other people that you know and people you don't know, too. So don't be afraid to focus your efforts inward right now. But you can only benefit from bringing the other people along who are still on this ride with you. That's something that you should never take for granted. And you should never shun. But I really have said enough. I've said enough about that. And I'm going to introduce the closer here, which is by the Vistas. And it's called Ghost Wave. And as the song title implies, it's supernatural surf music. And I'm not even comfortable calling it surf music because it doesn't sound stereotypical. And even though I do appreciate stereotypical surf music, it's just not something I gravitate toward, not something I would ever want to highlight on here. And there is a certain amount of that music that does go somewhere else. I just don't think they had a word for it at the time. But the Vista's ghost wave, great description of it. This sounds like a ghost wave. Not even necessarily a wave of ocean water. I mean, this song could just as well be wind, too. This could just as well be clear air, a wave of clear air. And isn't that what a ghost wave would be anyway? Wouldn't a ghost wave not be water, but be air, something you simply feel or sense like a ghost? But nonetheless, it comes across like a wave coming at you. And if you pay attention, you might pick up on some ghost waves out there in the world. And they might sound like this. They might sound like the Vista's ghost wave. Be on the lookout.
exercising is a very simple. You see, you really don't have any questions. You only have answers. So you want me to indulge in this frivolity, ritual-like thing, and indulge in what is called question and answer meeting. You are asking questions for which you already have answers. You see, I am a village idiot, village bumpkin. I don't have any questions which you have. I did ask some questions because I was an idiot, you see. So I know that, you see, how come you have all these questions? Where do they come from? You already have the answers. You see, the problems you want to discuss. Huh? The, you have the solutions. There is, I don't see any problem there. What is the problem I am asking you? There, I don't see any problem there. And you have solutions. And no time you are ready to accept the hard reality that they are not the solutions for the problem. So you are going here, there and everywhere, finding out, you see, whether there is anybody who can offer me another solution. So in exactly the same way, you see, you want another answer for your question. Why you are not satisfied with all the answers you have? Why you are still asking the questions? You have the answer, so I don't want, you see, to, to participate in this question and answer ritual. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can run free So take my hand and walk this land with me And walk this lovely land with me If I must find a 
and our own until 